Welcome to X-Rated Movies! That's your friend Ryan Whedon over there. Hey, on the other end of the couch over there, that's your friend and camarade, <laughs> Matt Fisher. Hi! <laughs> this here uh, be a movie podcast by two guys who used to date. Now they don't. Now they talk about movies. you like rushed through that to just to come to a screeching halt like you're one of those people that like while driving like hits the gas to get to a red light Mm -hmm. gotta be first (laughs) even though if you're on a street there's not a lot of (laughs) changing of positions i want to hit that red light before anybody else (laughs) um we're in election season perpetually. perpetually how dare you bring this up i know hashtag smooth transition so as as you know we the democrats i almost said we we're not a political podcast i hold no affiliation myself sorry if you heard my eyes roll there (laughs) but the democrats have an openly homosexual man running for president (sighs) my pearls (laughs) he's only been married like two or three years I'm speaking, of course, of, of Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, to Chastin Buttigieg. And his husband, Chastin, who took his last name. Interesting. And in interviews, Mayor Pete, as he is colloquially referred to as, says that they met on a dating app. But <gasps> they don't specify which one. Oh. So I'm dying <laughs> to know. A, I want him to win the nomination so that there's all this, like, opposition research so that his profile comes out oh. someone's got that screen cap someplace yeah it, it's it's gotta be there and i'm dying to know what's in it mm, let's see bookish <laughs> uh do you think he's one of those people that like puts his whole like biography in his profile <laughs> as if we're not just like scanning through for like height weight and like uh, uh position preference mm-hmm He's like, went to school, grew up in uh, blah, 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 mm-hmm. went to school here, uh, really looking for dates, friends, chat. Um, Networking. Whole pics don't get a response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think he demands a face pic? Yeah. No face pic, no reply? Do you yeah, think that's probably. somewhere on there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a classy lady. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I'm, ju- I'm just dying to know. And then I'm also dying to know if they swap nudes. <laughs> before meeting do you think it was a coffee date or a dinner date or a what 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 was the first one like what was the first hookup like uh because we follow both of them on twitter i'm guessing it was a board game night at a brew pub (laughs) because they're those types of gays what game do you think they played high school musical mystery date (laughs) (laughs) ah reach for the stars ryan (laughs) No, they probably played a game. I'm going to guess something that, uh, you know, everyone already knows so that, you know, Pete Buttigieg didn't have to spend like 30 minutes reading the rules and then explaining it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, So it it was probably if there's like a two-person version of uh, Cards Against Humanity or something like that. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, something that people know and and can play, like a two-person version of that. They're a little more chaste, so it might be apples to apples mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh like a two-person version of that would uh everybody would just win <laughs> apples to apples though i can absolutely <laughs> see those two playing that at some like board game friendly bar mm-hmm. it was like a group thing like 
they both had their mutual groups of friends. Like, we'll both go to this together. So it was like super safe. Uh-huh. And yeah, they played apples to well apples. Well lit. <laughs> no liquor at this place. Like only beer and wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kid friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a shame that like we only get this from like gay people. Yeah, what's Elizabeth Warren's grinder profile going to look like? <laughs> I was going to be, you know, uh, uh, generous and ask what her Tinder profile was, but wh- yeah, what's her what's her grinder profile? She's like, uh, can't host? Question mark. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I got a plan. I got a plan for that. <laughs> her, her profile just has like a link. She's like, find out more about me at my. Onlyplans.com profile. (laughs) It's not. She's not actually looking to hook up. She's just actually looking to get people to. uh, Yeah, she's there for networking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's looking for people who've got ideas. She wants to hear what your problems are. She's ready to fix it. You know, she's one of those people that, like, when you scroll through it, like, two of the pictures are like of her dog. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's also someone that just puts a torso picture up and face pics. I imagine Bernie Sanders would be one of those people that uh Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he, he's like he's one that like like says like hello, hey, how are you? Like <laughs> f- like every day for like three weeks. Like he does not get the point that you're not interested. <laughs> I think and I think his picture is gonna be a face pic but shirtless. Like he he's just like this is what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. Oh, it's just in his home bathroom, like not even a well lit one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you ever seen LuridDigs.com? No, what's that? It was like uh, I don't know if it's still around, but it was a website where they would just take like um, profile pics of gay men on like hookup sites, like Adam for Adam and shit like that. But then it would just like rip apart their the backgrounds, like around oh. them. <laughs> like how they decorated their place. Uh, he would have a bad one. Is yeah. where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah, because his picture would like you could like see like a, a hamper full of dirty clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a dirty dish on his nightstand or something. <laughs> his bathroom uh, clearly has uh, two toothbrushes uh-huh. in it, and it's like, oh, this is why you're discreet. <laughs> what about Joe Biden? Oh my God. He's definitely Daddy looking for son. Uh, he's definitely like pictures of himself on the beach doing like cowabunga fingers with sunglasses on. I mean, like fun loving guy looking for good times. He's one of those people that like one of his pics like has like New Year's 2007 glasses on. <laughs> and he says that all of his pictures are recent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely got at least one picture where his arms around somebody else's neck. Like, they're, like, all got their arms around each other. But the other other people are, like, blurred out. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you just pick a different picture? (laughs) Or crop this one? Yeah. And definitely the first hit from him is, sup. (laughs) What do you think Bill de Blasio's grinder profile would look like? A blank screen. (laughs) See, I think it would be him, like, eating a hot dog. Like, a New York hot dog. (laughs) You know, the little entendre there, or gag, or whatever it is when a picture is suggestive. Mm-hmm. Um, is he wearing a Mets hat as well, or, or a Yankees hat or something? Both, because <laughs> he rolls that way. That, that That's his version of verse. Uh, uh, I know he's not a Democrat running, but uh, uh, Howard Schultz. <laughs> 
coffee date for do, sure. Do you think he'd be the one who's like, I think Grinder is stupid, and if I'm on here, I'm only like, oh yeah, like <laughs> this is like, ugh, I just re-downloaded this app, you know. <laughs> We'll probably delete. Give me a reason to delete this app. <laughs> and then have like a list of like specifics. Just uh... Yeah, like the long, he was like, they need to be sporty, educated, fun loving, adventurous, like the outdoors, also like movie nights in and cuddling and like, oh God, I just, I'm already tired. <laughs> um, have we had all the big ones? I mean, Cory Booker, but he's just the one that's like 2,000 miles away that's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he's like, I'm going to be traveling there in, in three weeks. You're like, great, block. Uh, speaking of uh, situations that have lots of characters, <laughs> maybe we should talk about today's movie. Oh boy, do we have to? <laughs> this is your pick. I know. Okay, so today's movie is Frat House Massacre from 2008, and you know, there's been a couple of these movies where we're like, oh, this isn't the Overton window has shifted. Like we we're, we've been so immersed in these bad game movies that like now one that's just competently made seems like a masterpiece, a la The Trip. Uh-huh. This is one that got worse on rewatch for me, <sighs> honey. I, one of my notes is this is bordering on a siren in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're nudging right up to that little <laughs> to that marker. So. <laughs> A, I think the production values are higher here than Siren in the Dark. Yes, I'll agree with that. Uh, this one has 100% less pressure cookers. <laughs> Fair. But I'll give this movie credit where credit's due. This is, so far at least, the only gay movie that doesn't have any gay characters in it. There's nothing actually homosexual about the characters. It's all just suggestion and eye candy and things like that but that nobody gay is in this movie yeah well that's another question i have is 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 this a gay movie well it's a gay movie the way that rope is a gay movie okay i don't remember what the characters names are in rope we'll just say that they're danny and mark okay (laughs) like it's clearly a gay movie but they're not officially gay characters this is sort of gay in that type of gayness okay you're gonna have to sell me on that point because like i feel like all the gayness that was in the movie was brought by me (laughs) well i mean there's a lot of male eye candy like there's boobs there's even a vagina yeah in this movie somebody puts their mouth on yeah but it's like for every lady part we see we get a dude butt or we get some dong occasionally i didn't see any dong in the version i watched Oh, really? There there was a couple times, like, in the first sex scene, he, like, flips the lady over and, like, kind of drags her over, and there's a dong shot there. Mm. I didn't see any full dong. I saw, like, the beginnings of Shaft. That's as far as it went for me. Oh, no, this was definitely full dong. Oh. This was full dong. Oh, see? Physical media. Ching. You gotta watch that. Thank you, Scarecrow (laughs) video. Do, 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 (laughs) do. 
So yeah, there's a there's a lot of guy butts in this. There's a, a lot, lot of, of guy butts. A lot of men wearing wearing tidy whities. Mm, sometimes wet tidy whities. Yeah, uh, that's all well and good. And then yeah, there's the uh, uh, occasional money shot of you know full D. I guess I would still like if I were um, you know curating a film festival, a gay film specifically gay film festival, and somebody submitted this, I think I'd still pass on this movie because it just doesn't read gay to me. Really? Yeah. See, I think there's a lot of, like, repressed male aggression here. Okay. They, they, you know, they call each other fag. They'll be like, what's up his ass? Bitch gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like if it wasn't meant to be homoerotic, they'd change the, the... nouns and the the verbiage there uh there was like one part where i thought it was going to be a gay frat because like there's that one line uh at the beginning when they're having their first meeting and uh w- the main guy sean maybe there is a sean in the this, main older yeah. brother maybe okay uh he leaves to go like hang out with his girlfriend and one of them's like, oh, looks like we got a breeder. and like he has his arm around one of the other frat boys and it's like does this mean that they're gay? But it doesn't really like. It's never explicit. I, I mean, there is sort of like the the bro camaraderie thing where I didn't really have like the college experience. Like I went to a community college. There were no dorms. Or, there were no frats. You had the real college experience. Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh my How god! How homoerotic was it on a scale of testosterone to uh, siren in the dark? <laughs> Well, I uh, I definitely fucked a few frat boys in college. Were they closeted? No. Okay. But um, I've never understood Greek culture. I would look at frat parties or, or sororities too, and it's just like it doesn't make any sense to me. This idea that you have to go and you say like, oh, I want to be part of your world, like Ariel. And <laughs> they they either say yay or nay based on like if they like you and then once you are pledging, it depends on how well you endure these like hazing rituals they have for you. And if you do, then you've passed the test and you're part of this like secret group or something like that. It just feels so strange to me. Like mm-hmm. I've never had any desire to be a part of it. And I think that the people that did were weird. Like <laughs> for me, like, and this is absolute 100% outsider's point of view. And I 100% acknowledge that when you're in it, that it can be different. Like uh, how you didn't like Magic Mike Double XL, and then you went to like a male strip club, and you're like, it was fun. Yeah. I bought three more lap dances. <laughs> so like, I'll concede that uh, a frat or or being part of a, a you know some sort of Greek row establishment, like from where I'm sitting, it doesn't seem appealing. But maybe once you're in it, there is some sort of fun, adventurous advantage. Sure, so, maybe. I'm just putting that qualifier out there now. That's very generous of you. But from my vantage point, it does seem like if you're joining one of these things, it's either A, has like a networking connection, like, you know, why Mark Zuckerberg was trying to be part of like, uh, you know, final clubs, uh, you know, supposedly. But from my point of view, it just seems like doing this as a way to get some semblance of acceptance and validation. Like, if you're not comfortable with, like, what you're doing, like, this is what you need to do in order to, like, feel 
that like you're a part of something or that you're on the right track. Like if you get into a fraternity, like that's a stepping stone. Like you're part of a, a brotherhood then, and this brotherhood supports you. Like you're part of a group. And I, I get that aspect of it, like wanting to be part of, you know, your own chosen family to put it sure. in horrible terms. And I understand that too. Like, especially if you're going from a uh, high school where you may have been like a big fish somewhere and then you're going to college where you're not a big fish. Like it's important to you. To... You got that reset moment. Now you can get in with, this wherever you choose yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and then like there's also like the promise that like when you get out if there's other members of the fraternity then you've got an in above other people which is just nepotism but you sure. know hey play the cards the way you can sure I, just, I suppose but like um i still think it's gross and i still want no part of it the only part that i want is to watch the hazing because as in the first hazing like the guy was like his arms were tied to a board he was in his tidy whities he was slathered with paint and then hosed down with someone holding the hose dick level but even like the guys who were like smearing paint all over him they were shirtless and they look greased up and I'm like yeah I, I, I see the, the appeal here Sign me up for spectator number one. All right, listen. So when uh, like the Me Too movement was happening, I saw some videos of uh, some hazing rituals that like real life, like cell phone footage of them happening, and it's not hot. It is very disturbing to watch these things go down, and it is like some of the frat boys that weren't even like part of it were just shirtless, standing there yelling like, "Yeah, like yeah. do this to him, do this to him," and you're just, like, I personally was watching that footage and feeling like i gotta go like if i if i was seeing this irl i'd i'd want to leave oh yeah there is a movie about hazing and even though it's full of hot people and including nick jonas and james franco goat yeah Mm -hmm. it goes so far that it's like no longer sexy despite the eye candy um i mean this movie does that too but because he dies. Because he dies. <laughs> like, they shoot everyone out, and then they kill him. <laughs> and I'm like, what? This is a weird frat, by the way. I don't know. I, I really don't understand why everybody's rushing this frat. But I'm, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a sticking point, because it happens a lot. Like, people rush it, and then it seems like they get accepted, and then they still get murdered. Right. Like, they get hazed, and then, like, the, once the hazing's over, they just get murdered? <laughs> And it's not like a, t- you know, did you ever see the show Scream Queens? I didn't. It's okay. But it's like in that, like there's a mysterious killer killing these sorority girls. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a big trope throughout like 80s slashers of like sorority girls getting killed. There, there's movies called Sorority House Massacre or like, uh, what is it? Like Sorority House Lane or something like that. Or it's a trope. And so like this is, you know, this is from Scream King's production. Right. Uh, and it's Frat House Massacre as opposed to Sorority House Massacre. But the first couple murders are just done in plain sight <laughs> by, like, the fraternity heads. Like, there's no mystery. No. It's just hazing turns into murder. And they, like, get rid of the, uh, oh, we should investigate this murder uh, aspect of it by just like showing one little scene where they they show the head of that house like handing an envelope of money to a police officer like we're not going to investigate this There's murder no law enforcement in this movie whatsoever um i'm sorry that's like <laughs> murder is something that people are going to keep like figuring out like yeah you know no one's just going to be like 
Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I don't know what happened to your son. Like, ugh. Ugh. probably ran away. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. No. And it's that, yeah, it's like, oh, the pledges for the three pledges from this one frat all died in the span of a couple months and mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, like, or like quit school and ran away. Like, yeah. Mm. There's also no sort of crusty old dean that's like trying to like put the screws to him. Like, no one even once says that they're on double secret probation. Yeah, that was okay. So, this is a question I have for you. The first shot we get of uh, Delta Ypsilon. I think they just call it like Delta IE. Right, but I is Ypsilon, E is Alpha. <laughs> okay. Delta Ypsilon Alpha. <laughs> They like it, the place looks like a dump. It looks like the one of the shittiest frat houses on the row. Like nobody would ever want to pledge there is what I was thought we were supposed to think. And then like next semester when um Sean's younger brother Bobby comes in with his new uh you know, his roommate who happens to be brothers with somebody who's in the frat, he's like You should come to the Delta IE rush party then. You're rushing Delta IE. Best frat on campus. Really? <laughs> that dump? That place looked like shit. Who want to live there? So, okay. As in most things in life, my uh, comparison to this is just other movies. Okay. So I think of, you know, a social network where there's there's frats and final clubs, is, I think, you know, another organization. But that was like Harvard. It was an Ivy League school. Yeah. Pretty, pretty ritzy. See, I'm thinking PCU and Animal House. So and my like, other no one wants the, to pledge those. My other end of the spectrum is uh, Everybody Wants Some, the Linkletter movie. Oh, right. And okay. that did seem just like the first house that I lived in with like f- between five and eight roommates after moving out of my parents' place. Sure. Where it was just a big house and it was more or less disposable. And as long as the bills got paid, nobody asked any questions. And this didn't seem too far off from that house, the houses that I lived in right after high school. Okay. But I mean, like in this movie, it just seems like it, it goes from like dump that no one wants to join. Because there's also the like big speech where like the main guy of the frat is like, we only got two pledges this time. <laughs> and then like next semester, it's like everybody wants to join, it seems like. It was an inconsistency I didn't understand. Yeah, I don't think that's where they put their money in this script. <laughs> where did they put their money in this script? Just as a thought Eye exercise. candy. I mean, th- there are some attractive people in this movie. I think that Bobby has angles that work for him. Okay. Well, like, at the beginning, when he's being, like, the petulant teen. Who just wants to go to the beach? Yeah. Where are you going? the lake with my friends we're supposed to have dinner with olivia yeah let's cancel miss p will understand what about miss p (laughs) yeah she cooked a whole dinner bobby i was like oh he looks real cute here and then he goes into a coma (laughs) and he doesn't look as great (laughs) by the way this movie starts out almost identically minus the sailing to charlie st cloud (laughs) (laughs) so sean goes off to college Bobby's in a coma at home. Sean dies during this hazing slash murder ritual. Surprise, surprise, because they slit his throat and his wrists. Yeah, I know. Like, they seem weirded out by this. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's dead. 
Well, because there was hazing, and it seemed fairly benign hazing. Yeah. I like, mean, he was woken up in the middle of the night. Uh, he had, he was like, his arms were tied to like a, not a two by four, but some sort of yeah, like a cross kind of thing. Yeah. He, he had some blue paint smeared on him. He was hosed down with some water. All in all that, that as far as hazing goes, that's on the light. They made the him spectrum. drink some alcohol and they made him drink some water. Like, yeah. Not the worst. But then, uh, the, the head of the frat, is there a term for the head of the frat? Frat head. Frat head. He's like he like picks up his megaphone. He's like, "All right, everybody out!" <laughs> and everyone goes out, and you think like, "Okay, it's over." Like you know, blah 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 blah. And then and then he starts like whispering in his ear, and he pulls out a switchblade and cuts his wrist. And then they cut his throat. And I'm like, I I. It's been so long since I'd seen it. I didn't remember how this was gonna go. I was like, "Oh, is it gonna be like a fake blade or something like that?" Or is it gonna be like so dull that it just scratches him and doesn't actually like cut him? But, like, then they cut his throat, like the other frat brothers do. Oh, my God. They just killed him. <laughs> That's odd. That's stupid. I was like, they, they do this whole whole hazing thing with a bunch of eyewitnesses. Then they shoo out those eyewitnesses, and this pledge mysteriously disappears the next day. <laughs> oh, I wonder what could have happened. I wonder if anybody saw him last. <laughs> also, like... The whispering thing mm-hmm. happens again with another pledge. I can't remember who. Yeah. And I thought it was going to become explained what that guy was whispering. I thought it was going to be some sort of like important words that like would make you want to do these things to pledge. And it's like it's never brought up again. There is something. I, I don't remember <clears throat> where it was. There is something that like suggests that it's like some sort of like hypnotic trigger. I'll take your word for that because I did not catch that first time through. It, it was like something whispers something in Bobby's ear and he like gets the vision of the the uh, frat head whispering. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's some sort of weird hypnotic thing. But like that's all it is. Like it's just like an illusion, like a visual illusion to it. <sighs> okay. So the frat head hypnotizes them into killing themselves. Well, I mean, that's only true of like the first one and only the first cut because like the second hazing guy like a he gets hazed a lot harder like he's wearing underwear but he's getting like rat tailed right oh yeah that sucks um and like on the torso it's like one thing to get rat tailed on on the booty but like when your arms are tied back and like nipples and Mm. and junk is exposed like that's not cool no fun but then they like carve up his chest right i mean this brings me to my main complaint of this movie is that it's just joyless. My preferred brand of 80s slasher is the one where, like, you're cheering when someone dies. And that's not the case in this one. Not even when it turns into a revenge flick. Because, like, halfway through... By the way, this movie's two hours long. 116 <laughs> minutes! Not cool. Not cool movie. <laughs> like, who, who allowed that? That's... I, I paused about halfway through and I was like, wait a minute. 53 minutes left? <laughs> I started this movie at 7.45 yesterday. I swear to God, like, I was cooking, but, like, not in depth. <laughs> I would, like, pause it when I had to, like, you know, flip the meat over or something. I swear to God, it didn't end till 10.30. No. It's <laughs> uncalled for length. No, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the longest movie we've watched this season. Ugh. And, like, 
the estab- that first hour is all just like establishment for this like revenge killing that happens for the second half of the movie. And boy, you could have cut out a lot of that first part. There was like, a lot of dead We weight. established that these frat guys are bad and they need to be killed. One kill. You could have done it with just Sean. Like then we got we also got like that shower shit and like there's just so much that could have been cut out of the beginning. Oh, speaking of shower shit, what shower were they showering in that it looked like there was shit on the walls? <laughs> what do you think it is? Man, they told us to ignore it. Like, I assumed this was like the gym locker room or something, but I was like, there's literally brown streaks at head level in here. Okay, see, this is probably where your college experience, a uh, lack of college experience, let me explain. Frat boys like to smear poop on shower walls is, as a uh, joke. Is this true, or are you just I'm pulling yanking my <laughs> naive <laughs> chain? I'm yanking your naive chain. No, no. Who smears poop other than like uh, poop smears? Uh, you can cut this out, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. Uh, I had an old coworker, uh, and she had a kid, and she would just tell me these like horror stories of like child rearing, and she said that you know. Her kid, like, developed lactose intolerance as he got older. And so there was a lot of poop problems around the house. And it was, like, daycare centers, like, would often, like, give him cheese and crackers. And then they'd call her up and be like, your son had diarrhea everywhere. Come and pick him up. So one day she's telling me that it was, like, uh, uh, like the weekend before Valentine's Day or something like that. And you know how kids are when they're little, like, you can't get them up for, like, school or whatever like that, but on, like, a Saturday, they're up at 6 a.m., no problem. Of course. So she gets up. She says it's, like, 7.30, 8 a.m., and her son has, like, come out into the living room, is watching cartoons or something like that, and he's <laughs> on the couch and she looks up at her, and his face is covered with brown stuff. Oh, no. And her instant reaction was like, well, that's the end of this one. Gonna have to get a new kid. <laughs> Because this one's ruined. <laughs> he had found chocolates that her husband had bought for her for Valentine's Day. He had somehow found these chocolates and opened it up and like eaten all of them. So he was going to have diarrhea because it was milk chocolate. This <laughs> <laughs> so is just a prequel. <laughs> but the brown stuff all over his face was just smeared chocolate. <laughs> he had just eaten a whole box of chocolate while watching Saturday morning cartoons. Oh my God. Gross. Tying this in, you think poop is funny. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> Someone gets poop thrown at them in this movie. <laughs> Rabbit, you fucking son of a bitch. Do you want to know what my reaction was? You laughed. I didn't laugh. No! <laughs> the one time there's a literal poop joke in a movie and you don't laugh. My note during that part was um, some poop humor. <laughs> Just said some poop humor. Uh, yeah, somebody, there's like, there's somebody who has to take a shit. Rabbit, Rabbit, I think is his name. Who's like the RA or something at the frat or dorm or something. Who knows who anybody is in this movie? I can't believe we're remembering as many names as we have, honestly. Uh, Sean, Bobby, and Rabbit? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But um, he, he has to poop, and he can't poop because he needs to 
poop in private, but they're feeding the bodies to the pigs, and so they're like, just go poop over there. And he's like, <laughs> and can't do it. And uh, then two other people get killed. And actually, that's my favorite kill from this movie, to be honest. The one who gets, like, strung up. And, like, when the door opens, sure. he falls on the pitchfork. There's a, a level of ingenuity and inventiveness It's in like that. a Rube Goldberg device. And then the door shuts and it kills the guy who came in. Like, that's all fun. Highly unlikely that anyone would have time in the time that, like, this all well, takes place. Well, the one guy to... that was, like, strung up and it's, like, when the door opened, the pitchfork was going to go through him. He's like, uh, 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 and then, like, right as they're about to open the door, he's like, don't open the door. <laughs> I was like, why don't you yell that? Eight In nine the five times ago, minutes that you had before the door was opened. Like y- y- nothing is blockading your mouth. You are free to speak your mind to these yeah, people. Yeah, and that door was like jammed for a sizable amount of time. Yeah, you could have easily said, "Don't open the door. I'm going to get a pitchfork through my face, and then the door's going to slam, and you're going to get some weird horn through your torso." Yeah. Horn? Whatever it was like it was. a scythe or something. I don't know what it was. It was weird. <laughs> You're not a farm man. <laughs> what do I look like? A farmer? An Iowan? <laughs> no, I did take the note. And I appreciate you uh, bringing this uh, movie up because you thought I would laugh at the poop, but I didn't laugh at the poop. <laughs> so. Wow, missed opportunity on the movie's part. Yeah. Okay, so going back to names, the one who gets the poop thrown at him, his name is Drader. Oh, yeah. Drader. Is that a name? Uh, or does it just conveniently rhyme with traitor for the movie? Yeah. No, I don't know a draitor. Can't, cl- can't claim to have heard that one outside this movie. Any draiters out there? Yeah, chime in. Please. Tell write, us, write us. Tell us about your experience as a draitor moving through this world. Have you ever seen a David Dakosha movie? Name a few. They're all super generic names. So, David Dakosha, we somehow did a, a whole season of bad game movies without doing a David Dakosha movie. And, like, his movies are super generic. They have, they're, they're like Voodoo Academy, Leeches, Cougar Cult, The Brotherhood. But they're sort of like this movie, except with, like, less production values. Like, they're all filmed, like, in his home. <sighs> on digital like on his phone and it's mostly like guys working out and then like someone gets murdered mm. but he has made 128 movies oh my god how many of them have you seen <sighs> three okay he's a, a roger corman protege mm. and i guess he did some like legit like schlocky horror movies in the 80s like uh Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Uh-huh, okay. He also directed several of the Puppet Master movies. Oh, okay. But in, like, the late 90s, basically until, as uh, 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 David Kittridge told us, like, up until 2009 when, like, the DVD market fell out, he was making all these, like, quote-unquote horror movies just with, like, 12 hot 21-year-olds filmed at his house and then like slowly they just get like murdered one by one and that's kind of what this movie's like <laughs> but with slightly better production values i would implore you to find like a david dakosha movie someplace like online free and watch like 20 minutes of it because if you watch 20 minutes of one you'll get 
the point of it. Okay. Specifically anything from his uh 1313 series, which is like specifically like his gay movie series. Okay. Um Is he himself gay? Oh yeah. Okay, right, right. He directs these like awful gay horror movies and then like family friendly movies. Like he did one about like a cat that talks or something. Aw. <laughs> yeah, you like cats. I'll see that. Oh, it's literally called A Talking Cat. <laughs> but David Akosha movies are so bad that we didn't even do them for this season. Because there's nothing really to talk about. Like, it's hot guys working out and then getting murdered. Like, that's the whole movie. And this is just like one step up from that. There's a lot of plot in here, I feel. Or maybe there's just a lot of talking. I mean, real quick, the plot, uh, Sean dies in that hazing incident. His brother, who was in a coma, gets inhabited by Sean's spirit somehow. Uh, He goes back and pledges to this place to seek revenge on them. And also, it turns out that there's a girl that he's in cahoots with who was fucked by these frat boys poorly. And so she did a lot of the killing. She did most of the the killing. killing, Yeah. yeah. Except for the person who put Bobby in a coma, which was the drunk younger brother, and then the um, frat head. Yes. um, Who killed Sean. Yes. Sean slash Bobby killed both of them. And then she killed everybody else. Yeah. Including uh, Sean Bobby. <laughs> like, she's supposed to be our, uh, our, our, I don't understand her. And who was she, by the way? Like, she was the one who, like, Moose was fucking poorly, and she was like, ow, your pelvis, right? That was her? Yeah, and okay. Moose also convinces her to seduce not Sean, but the second guy that gets murdered. He's like, invite him over for sex. And then, like, before things get too serious, we'll drag him out for hazing. They actually, like, get to the sex part before it gets interrupted. And Moose is, like, hits her. And is like, bitch, weren't supposed to enjoy it. I'm like, okay, listen, if you're sending your sex slave out on a sex reconnaissance. (laughs) And uh, she happens to enjoy it. Like, you know. Back off. Yeah. Also, it sounds like you have bony hips <laughs> also he comes like putting his hands up like moose oh, antlers he's no! like oh! Oh! and that one little i thought he was latin but then the frat head calls him a gook i know yeah there's a couple times where like racial epitaphs are are thrown about in this movie i know that one that kid um he's like the vice uh frat head basically is my impression yeah but he, like, jacks off watching Moose get blown. Right. And he's, like, I get the impression, uh, gay IRL. I think he was gay in the movie, too. Oh, he wasn't presenting straight to me, so. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't get that Okay, at good. All. Okay, great. I'm glad we're on the same page. Well, it's like, okay. Also, his death, real fast. He dies by uh, being strapped between two cars that get pulled apart. And uh, the... One car that we keep following after he gets torn apart, and then he gets out of the car and he sees that like part of the body was like strapped to the car. I thought that that he got the torso half, but like when he gets out of the car, he's got the legs half. Honestly, I didn't pay that much attention. Like, just felt like an inconsistency. There's a lot of inconsistency. I mean, there's a lot. A 116 minutes, like we said, which is far too long of a movie of this nature. Like, I to quote Lindy West. I went into this movie in the bloom <laughs> of youth 
And I came out with field mice living in my long gray mustache. I have a note that just says you owe me some weed because like <laughs> about 45 minutes in, I was like, okay, well, I I'm clearly I'm not like in the right headspace for this. So I just kept smoking. <laughs> you, and then like you just smoked weed till it got good. Yeah, I just and then the movie and it was never over. did. It never did. So I I went through my whole stash. So you owe me some weed. All right, I got plenty. <laughs> because when the opening credits roll, it actually like it teases that it's going to be fun. Like there's like disco songs in this and like the opening credits makes it feel like it's going to be a throwback film to like a 1981 slasher movie. Definitely. And you think that like when someone's doing an homage or a pastiche of a certain style, usually it's because there's like a level of like reverence or respect or yearning to also make a movie like, like that. Like a Panos Cosmatos, for example. Exactly. Or Quentin Tarantino, even. Sure. You know? And. But those all have a, an element of fun to them. Yeah. Well, that's why that when I was saying earlier that this movie is devoid of joy, like even though there's like disco songs and like it sort of promises that there's joy, like all the murders, like A, most of the murders are of innocent people being tortured by and large. And they're so unceremonious. Like, they're just and they're not... so uncreative. Oh, yeah. For as many deaths as we have... There's a lot of just, like, getting stabbed once and blood coming out your mouth. There's a lot of blood coming out of your mouth in this movie. It's just, like, when I think of, like, fraternities or Greek life in general, I would think, like, death by keg stand. You know, you've got, like, uh, you know, spanking to the point that your butt bleeds. Or, I don't know, there's, like, there's just so many other ways we could, like, make this fun rather than, like, the lights go out and everybody gets stabbed yeah. One by one, or hatcheted. I also think that, like, 80s slashers movies, like, and this, you know, this might just go into my taste, but, like, when we watched Friday the 13th Part 6, part of the fun of it was the inventiveness of the kills. Like, yeah. this guy got his head smashed in through the side of a trailer. And, and it's dumb, but I love it. Yeah. Like, there's uh, none of that dumb fun this here. This person, like, literally got bent in half like backwards yeah and this is like someone gets stabbed and then they bleed and then they die and i don't know i feel like if you're gonna make a pastiche like you want to draw from like the stronger elements of the genre and this like the murder parts were like the boring parts of the movie yeah it was really weak and just to like have it be this joyless and to have it be like this grim I don't know. I feel like it goes against the grain. Like, the reason why slashers, like, got so exciting, like, people would cheer during death scenes because, you know, you'd often have, like, an obnoxious character meeting, like, a grisly demise, and it was, like, a cause for celebration. Yeah. And this time it's, like, it's just innocent people, like, being tortured until they die. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like that really missed the point of what made 80s slashers movies watchable and enjoyable part of it is that you know the deaths need to feel earned in some way and all the deaths in this don't feel earned. zero zero of the deaths feel earned and you know in a slasher genre like yeah like some innocent people die definitely but i'm partial to the one where it's like 
a bunch of obnoxious teens meet a grisly end. <laughs> like, and the more obnoxious they are, the more grisly their death. Like, that's yeah. what I'm personally partial to. And this is just really the exact opposite of that. Like, this is a bunch of innocent people, like, being tortured and then murdered. And, I don't know, it just, it reminded me of, like, Saw or, like, the torture porn shit. Like, exactly. the movie's not scary in the slightest. And all, like, the eye-covering parts just come from, you know, people being tortured. And, like, this isn't the movie that I want out of a slasher. It's not scary, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. There's a difference between being scared and feeling uncomfortable. And uh, I want to I want to be scared. Yeah. It's like in The Exorcist when writing was on Reagan's chest like that may or may not have been painful, but it was scary. Yeah. Like that sort of body mutilation is is scary to me, but it's like someone just having like a box cutter to their chest. I'm like, this is just uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. not scary. Like it's, it's or like a knife in their eye. It's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's afraid of that. No one wants a sharp thing in their eye, but like to just show it. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. It doesn't make me feel anything except for like, if you're going to do eye stuff, like have it be like overly stylized. Like Fulci did it like a hundred movies. Like, his zombie, like someone gets like a, like a, a nail through the eye, and in the beyond, like someone gets stabbed through the eye, but it's like super stylized and like it's it's like art at that point. This is like someone just like gets a knife in their eye, and it's like yeah. that's it. Lamo. I do have a note here that says, uh, "Pigs, what is this upstream color?" <laughs> and that I also like Mrs. P's front door. I loved that door. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that door is the star of this movie. I was like, they just don't make doors like that anymore. No, and it was a great door. <laughs> Can we get doors like Mrs. P's door from this movie? More? Can we get more doors like Mrs. P's door? As you what and I'm I saying. both live in apartments, they won't make doors with windows in them. Oh but... fuck it! Just take yours off. We'll go get one made. We'll put it on. I don't there. want people to be able to look into here unless well, it's like. One-way mirror or two-way mirrors. No, no, no. We'll get glass that's, like, all beveled and, like, looks like crystals and stuff. It'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> I have a vision. But, yeah, they, they show that door a lot. And, like, by the third I time, I was like, this door, like, this is worth showing three times. I almost feel like this door means something <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, what is it about this door? <laughs> I feel like this falls squarely into a bad gay movie. You don't feel that it was gay enough, but you know. Yeah. I uh, do think it was a nice uh, palate cleanser for what we've been through. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah. No, we need to get back to something stupid pronto. Well, are we going to be doing something stupid next week, Matt? (sighs) All you can eat. We're here. We've made it to the end of this season. Which, you know what that means? We have a... Listen, we've been planning this. Like, this is something I personally am very excited about. Full disclosure, we planned the whole season around this double feature. Mm. And we actually did the previous double feature 
in anticipation of this season. Yeah. So hold on to your butts because we're doing a double feature of bad gay movies, but they're bad gay movies that we love. They hit the mark. They cross that finish line and become something greater than the sum of their parts. They may not be gems, but they are precious stones in some way. And God damn if these aren't movies made specifically for people like you and me. Mm. Next week, we're doing Socket and Kaboom. Two gems in the genre. It's going to be a really interesting conversation, I think, because these are both not great movies. I am aware of that objectively. Neither of them are good movies, but I love both of them so much. We'll talk about this next week, but you had me watch Socket years and years ago, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was fantastic. Mm. And... I can't even count the number of times I've jacked off to Kaboom. (laughs) And we may or may not even have a little guest appearance. Anyway. Anyway. You want to plug our junk and get the fuck out of here? Well, we have finished the chicken picnic. Hey, everybody. We're on Twitter. Our handle there is at X-Rated Movies. We post lots of fun stuff. Sometimes polls. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Rated X Movies. We post stuff there. You know what it does. We really love when you give us uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you know what? My birthday was last week. And uh, I did this last year. And I really felt like we got a little bump in that department. So I'm going to do it again. If you really care about us, leave us a review for my birthday. Leave us five stars. And all you have to do is type Jimmy Stewart Blumpkins. We've got one already. I want to get four more for my birthday. Come on. I know if you're listening and you love this podcast, you can do it. It will take no time at all. And go to our website, xratedmovies.com. You will find stuff there that you cannot find on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Overcast or Spotify or whatever because we have so many episodes that those platforms can't handle it. They just can't handle us. (laughs) And uh, if you feel the need to email us, Please, please do not hesitate. X.rated.movies at gmail.com. We check it daily. Hourly. I'm checking it right now. <laughs> Next week, we're doing a double feature of bad gay movies that we love. Kaboom and Socket. Until then, keep reaching for that rainbow. <laughs>